Welcome to the Rise Up Network. I'm your host, James Carmody. The Rise Up Network is committed to sharing those stories of servant leaders, those stories of men and women that are out there in the marketplace, in the community, making a difference. I have two great servant leaders in studio with me, someone who has been a co-host and wingman of the show for for many years and uh, has gone through a couple transitions and I'm really excited to have these two gentlemen on with the work that they're doing with an organization called Project Recover. Um, I have the president and CEO, Dr. Derek Abbey, and the founder and former president of Project Recover, Dr. Pat Scannon. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks, James. It's Thanks. Happy to be back here in Rise Up Studios, if you will. This is wonderful. Yeah, thank you. And Pat, yes. good to have you here, sir. Thank you. It's great to be here. My first visit. <laughs> yeah, and so folks, I mean, you, you, you recognize that familiar voice, Dr. Derek Abbey. And, uh, you know, Derek has is, is, is been in leadership roles in a few different things since... Um, co-hosting with me over the, the last five years in different occasions, and is now the president and CEO of Project Recover. Um, and congratulations, and, and what an honor. It, it is an absolute honor. This is an uh, amazing organization that I am humbled and honored to be a part of, and uh, we have an impact on the American community that I think is very, very important. Obviously, I'm a little biased, but I think our work is important, or I guess I wouldn't be doing it. Right? I think the network's a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that makes us all in agreement. Hey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, let, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, Pat, if you, if you wouldn't mind sharing as, as the founder of Project Recover, what was the impetus of Project Recover and what are some of the, you know, the, the services and, and things that you guys are doing and what birthed this? Yeah, in uh, 1993, I was part of a dive team that was in Palau uh, in, in Micronesia. Um, we were looking for a ship, um, but after that was over, um, I stayed over and came across uh, wreckage of an airplane. Mm. And having built a lot of models as a kid, I knew this was the wing of a B-24 bomber, so it was World War II era. And asking people what, what this wing was, nobody knew. And I just had an epiphany uh, that said, I'm going to figure this out. Um, and that was in the summer of 93. I went back in 94, uh, having done some homework and became aware that this was the tip of the tip of the iceberg in terms of just the number of aircraft that had been lost in this one small part of the world mm. uh, and uh, spent the next 20 years actually looking for and repatriating uh, remains of Americans from that part of the world. Uh, Derek joined me 15 years ago? Actually, I was just doing the math in my head, and it's uh, been more than 15 years ago that we first met, yeah. so uh, time flies. So, yeah. and then from there, uh, in, uh, in 2014, we had an opportunity to expand our operation, and we've now uh, been in uh, 17 countries around the world looking for and returning home Americans uh, missing in action. We've also expanded from just World War II, uh, we're, um, we're working in other uh, eras as well, uh, Vietnam and as late as uh, uh, Desert Storm. So we've, we've, uh, we've really grown as an organization, working very closely with the Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, stepping up and being the one to say, I'm gonna, you know, take charge of this. And yeah. be responsible. It's a, it's a privilege. Yeah, 
Yeah. And now, Derek, you've, you've, you've kind of stepped into these big shoes as the new president and CEO. Very big shoes. And, you know, listening to Pat's story and kind of reflecting on what this this show and this network is about and servant leadership and people, you know, exercising initiative to have a positive impact on the people and community and the world around them. Um, you know, it's really easy to jump on board and follow, follow Pat in in the mission that he's doing. And that's, that's exactly what happened. You know, as we mentioned, we met more than 15 years ago. I was still in the Marine Corps. How did you guys first meet? What was, yeah, well, that's, it's a great story. Actually, I was, I was still in the Marine Corps. Um, I was in a, in a squadron VMFA 121 and Pat actually had been working in Palau where the World War II version of my squadron VMF 121 had been flying and actually searching for Marines from, from my squadron. And um, we first met at a World War II reunion and I had heard okay. about the work he was doing. I was interested in it. We became friends and shortly after he invited me to, invited me to be a member of the organization. One of my first mission, and then really there was no turning back. Um, I, I love the work. I love the impact that it has. I mean, everything that we do is for um, military families that have lost their loved ones. And, and after you do the work for a little bit, you, you realize that the impact of the work not only has an impact on them, but the entire community that surrounds them and the nation as a whole. It has this um, positive impact, healing impact. Um, it's not partisan. Everybody can believe in the mission yeah. and, and the work that we do and the impact that it has. Um, and so it just, you know, it, it, once, once you do it for a little while, it's pretty much no turning back. And, and it's something that I'm, I'm committed to really for the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, you know, re- regardless of what your beliefs and where you stand, you know, whether you are for or against war, war has happened. Mm-hmm. It is in the past. And, you know, when we've lost patriots and there's a responsibility to repatriate those Patriots, and those MIAs, you know, can you, you guys share, you know, maybe an example or a story and, and what's that been like for you and maybe some of these families and communities? Well, we, we, uh, we found a Navy, um, torpedo bomber called a TBM Avenger, uh, in, uh, 2018 after, uh, 2016, after 20 years of looking for it, we, we located it in a harbor in Palau and, uh, we, we, we were able to get remains uh, off of that, working with the Department of Defense. The Navy came and brought up the remains. Uh, and we were invited to one community in, in um, Portage, Pennsylvania, a little town in north of Pittsburgh. And uh, so we were part of the uh, group that was at the airport when the remains arrived. They had a formal naval ceremony to to receive the uh, to receive the airmen home, and uh, we drove up to Portage, and the whole community. It turned out they they wow. they went uh, past the the schools that he had gone to as a boy, and they had the students out with American flags. Um, the the whole community turned out. The church was overflowing in capacity, and and uh, the, the as as Derek said, the the impact it was beyond what what we could have imagined. Uh, and and seeing how much people care about this one individual who um, virtually nobody knew because right. they were all born since, but still. That memory is uh, was very much triggered by by his return home. 
And mind you, that was November in Pennsylvania. So it wasn't a nice sunny 65 to 70 degrees outside. It was raining, cold, wet. And these people came out despite that to yeah. show their support and appreciation for the sacrifice of this this member of their community and our nation. You know, you, you mentioned it earlier, you know, we don't, we participate in conflict as a nation, and that's just, that's really something that we acknowledge because when our, when our service members wear the cloth of our nation, we as a nation make a promise to them that if they fall in battle, that we'll return them home. Mm-hmm. And we do everything that we can to do that. Um, but in the history of our nation now, there's 82,000 individuals that haven't been returned home that remain missing in action. 82,000 still mm-hmm. missing in action. And it's our nation's promise to return them home, and that's that's really what what we believe we are doing is we're playing our part to keep America's promise to our service members and our nation as a whole that when these men and women go forward on our behalf, that if they fall in battle, that we'll return them home, and we want to maintain that promise through the future, but also do as much as we can to keep it with those that went before us. Yeah, and bring you know bring that sense of completion to that family and that community. It, it, you know, you say 82,000, and, you know, looking at a reference, are there other organizations like Project Recover also doing this? Like, what does the scope of work look like? Well, there are a couple of other uh, volunteer organizations. Um, we've done a lot of our work in the Pacific and a lot of work underwater, mm-hmm. um, and we're pretty much the only volunteer organization doing work looking for MIAs that have crashed in, in ocean settings. Um, the, uh, but, you know, frankly, there's so many uh, Americans missing, primarily from World War II, uh, that uh, we encourage, you know, the, you know, all the help we can get as a nation to return our, our Americans home, um, we, we appreciate and help support. So, but we, we, uh, I think we probably have uh, the, the widest sweep across nations uh, that a volunteer organization has had, uh, in addition to primarily concentrating underwater. So that's why our, we have an affiliation with the Scripps Univer- uh, Institution of Oceanography, uh, also a maritime group at the University of Delaware. So yeah. we have a scope that, that allows us to do things that are technically uh, leading edge. Yeah. And, and Derek, what, what's what's that like? You know, you're doing most of your your work is underwater. Right. You know, maybe you can speak to the partnership with the University of Delaware and Scripps and some of the work. Yeah, it's a mutually beneficial partnership. You know, it initially happened by chance. Uh, we were in Palau doing work, and both of those organizations were in Palau doing work and ran into each other and kind of asked each other what they were doing and realized that there was an overlap in our efforts and started brainstorming up how we can work together and quickly realize that um, they're building technology that we could use. Um, They can use that technology to have an impact in this space. Um, And they committed to it very, very quickly. And it's really, really expanded our capability significantly. we're, We're literally developing underwater protocols in real time 
in wow. partnership with them. Um, our capability over the last five to six years has expanded significantly. Um, if you would have asked me five years ago what if I thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now, I couldn't even fathom the things that we're doing now and the expansion of our capabilities. And who knows what's going to happen in the next five years um, yeah. as we work together and, and develop additional uh, technologies and protocols to, to go even further than where we've been. And, you know, we were working in one nation in Palau, and now we've been to 17 nations and growing. Um, wow. That's going to continue to grow. So when Pat talks about this worldwide footprint, it's very, it's very, very real. Um, most people associate MIAs or POWs with the Vietnam conflict in the Southeast right. Asia region. And we're actually just going there for the first time here in the near future. But um, we've been all over the Pacific. We've been in Europe. Um, in a lot of people, a lot of places that people don't necessarily associate with uh, missing Americans, uh, but yeah, it's it's been a, a privilege to work alongside of these uh, amazing partners, and now we're looking for other uh, community members that are committed to the same values that we have that mm -hmm. want to be partners in in supporting these efforts, and that's from you know corporate America to individuals that are interested in the work that want to support it, um, and so we're we're actively telling our story. I'm sharing yeah. this with people and then looking for, like I said, those like-minded, uh, similar value organizations and individuals that might want to work alongside us. And what, what does it look like, you think, in the near term, you know, next one to two years? You know, what are some of the projects you guys are working on? Where are we headed? We got some really exciting things right now. So traditionally, our, our work has been research, search, locate, identify sites associated with uh, Americans Missing in Action. But... Our, our partnership with the Department of Defense, specifically the Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency, is growing, and that's going to expand our mission set to include the recovery piece. So mm. in the near future, definitely within the next year, and we'll, we'll start doing actual recovery missions where we'll be intentionally going to these sites that we may or may not have located, mm -hmm. and then recovering and repatriating the remains from them. Um, so that's an, a significant expansion of our work. We're going to continue to grow our worldwide footprint um, to include other foreign nations, but also we're going to continue to do work here in the United States. Believe it or not, um, there are a number of Americans that went missing during training incidents and things like that that are missing on our own soil. Um, so mm. we're exploring that opportunity. So probably in the next couple of years, we'll start working those cases even more. And what has, you know, you, we, we're, we're looking for support. We're, we're obviously need partnerships in corporate America and other folks, you know, to, to help. Um, what does that look like? You know, if people are listening to this and they have those kind of capabilities for introductions or those resources themselves, what's the, what's the, what's the want and the ask? Yeah, there's, there's multiple ways of people to be involved. And in. I mean, the, the most obvious one is if somebody wants to support our work through a donation or yeah. financial support, yep. th that is very, very much welcome. Um, and that could be um, your average sit citizen sitting at home that wants to contribute $25. That $25 impacts our mission, and it results in Americans returning home. And, and how do people do that? You know, so, like, I'm yeah. listening to this right now, and, you know, I, I'm like, I love what Derek and Pat are sharing, and mm -hmm. I believe that it is really important to repatriate our MIAs. And, you know, I got 50 bucks. Yeah. What do I do? That's really, really easy. We try and make that as easy as possible. Yeah. www.projectrecover.org. And there is a donate button where you can pick Fantastic. the amount that you want to Projectrecover.org. Yes, that's Great. how you can do it. You can even go through our social medias and do it okay. that way. Other ways of, of supporting is, 
you know, if there's corporate or, or individual philanthropists out there that want to sponsor a mission, we have that capability where wow. they know a specific. So, okay, so I'm a business owner. I have the resources. Like, I have the opportunity to sponsor a whole mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, and th- those missions vary in cost, sure, um, depending on what we're doing, and so yep. we can sit down and tell them exactly what that that money will go to and how much that, uh, something like that will cost. And we we have had partners that have sponsored missions in the past, and that's something that we're going to continue to do. Um, or if they just want to sponsor Project Recover as a as an organization because they look at it and say we believe in contributing to the American community. That's a, one of our number one values. This is what we do, and. It looks like an organization we want to align with. That's something they can do. Also, those individuals, we're always looking for capable individuals to be volunteers. We're volunteer-based. So if you want to go spend some time in the juggle, if you're a qualified scuba diver, or you come with an additional skill set that is going to contribute to the mission and enhance what we can do, um, and sometimes that's just availability, um, then go to our website and express through our website your interest in in supporting or being a volunteer or a member, and we'll start that process, uh, the application process to be a member of the organization. Fantastic. And are there, is there a list of projects that are in process or anything like that on the website? Um, we don't we don't list the missions on the on the okay. website. Sometimes there's sensitivity around the uh, around the Got missions, it. but we we always have a few in the hopper, and we meet at least once a year, um, and we prioritize the missions that we're going to do uh, moving forward. We're constantly gathering information. We have um, a historian on staff that is constantly gathering information from the archives and other museums around the world, um, and adding it to our database. And so we'll assess that data on a regular basis to determine what's the most likelihood of success and what are the priorities of these missions, given our resources, time, and locations, and things like that. And then we'll start executing those missions. What are you know? What are some of the things that you want the network to take away and, and, and think about or calls to action having listened to this conversation? Yeah, the biggest, the biggest thing is really just to, we want people to know that, that this work is being done. Yeah. Uh, we, we definitely want our MIA families to know that there are people out there uh, working on their behalf. Um, and so the, the most simple steps that somebody can do is go to our social media and follow the work that we do mm. and share it with others. It looks um, like they're all Project Recover. Yeah, it's, it's all pretty at easy. Project Recover, yeah, folks. Facebook, can. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Yeah, all Project Recover, and then the website again is projectrecover.org. Yeah, and it, and really that's just the start. Yeah. So that and from that point you can determine, you know, um, do I want to be involved? Can I support? Or, we're we're always looking for ways of being in, or getting out in the public. And so maybe somebody has a venue or an organization or a group that they think this story would be really important to get in front of and so we'll happy to we're happy to uh, get out there and, and share our work with them one of the other things that we do is uh, we've had many many families of MIAs become aware of what we're doing far more than we can actually go search um, but we do have a communication uh, system for making sure that they have all the information that is available to them as Americans uh, through the Department of Defense and other um, uh, methods for learning more about what happened to their loved ones. So Mm -hmm. we we do that um, as a routine ourselves. So in addition to the missions that we do specifically to this, we we have an outreach to uh, help support uh, MIA families. Uh, a lot, many, many times, MIA families have no idea that anybody cares. Um, yeah. 
and so we try to help with that message. Thank you for that. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, there's the near term when the conflict is over and, you know, you realize your loved one's not coming home and what does that, you know, six months, 12 months look like? And then after a while, it's kind of just goes and what, you know, where does it go? Well, it doesn't go. Yeah. Right. Not for MIA families. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that, and believe it or not, it, that, that grief is passed from generation to generation. So we've interacted with three or four generations later, family members that never met the individual. They had held this myth status. There were stories mm. around them and things like that. And many people would say, you know, well, when you find somebody like this, does it really have an impact on the families? And it, it absolutely does. That mm. grief doesn't go away as part of our culture. It's an expectation that when somebody passes away, there'll be a ceremony there, right. you know, this whatever your ceremony funeral is, and you go yeah. in this plot of land and you'll know what happened to that person. Yeah. And when the remains aren't returned, um, everybody that we've interacted with has made up a story of some sort mm. that happened to their loved one that isn't accurate. And, but, and then that individual takes on this mythical status within the family. Um, the, the example that, that Pat was talking about from the ceremony in um, Pennsylvania, that was a military family. Generation after generation yeah. after generation had um, served in the military, and each one of them was sat down, and they had to hear the story of Uncle Bert and what yeah. it means to serve in the military and why it's important and what you're, the legacy that you're contributing to. And um, now that that story is complete and true for that family, and so the, the closure is a word that a lot of people use has occurred, um, and the healing gets to happen and not only in that family but in the community and believe it or not even in the nations that we work with that are war-torn they participate in support and healing occurs there and you know the one other challenge that I want to kind of put out to people that might be listening to this I remember when I was younger and thinking about POWs and MIAs and I was in the Marines so you know we heard these ceremonies and I'd kind of do an internal prayer something along those lines but really didn't fathom that that could have an impact and and I'm not anybody special, you know. I just made the decision that this is something that I wanted to have an impact on, and I was able to get on the coattails of people like Pat Scannon and and have an impact, and it's amazing how that sphere of influence has grown. And sometimes it's just, you know, making a decision that you're going to do that. And and you can. You can, as an individual, have an impact on, on this mission and other amazing missions like this. So I want to challenge people to... You know, if you're just sitting around listening and they're like, this isn't me or I can't do that, you can. You absolutely can. Absolutely can. Absolutely can. Pat Scan and Derek Abbey, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for coming on. You folks that are listening to this, if nothing else, go on the website. Go to projectrecover.org and just get familiar with it and share it. You know, these guys, these guys are giving their time and talents to bring closure and completeness for America's Fallen, the least you can do is take five minutes and go to a website and actually learn a little bit more. And maybe you post it on social media yourself, or maybe you go on their Facebook or Instagram or you know LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever you, you prefer, and you share that, or you comment on it, or you like on it. It's about spreading the awareness so we can continue to heal these families of our loved ones. But Project Recover, thank you for all you do. Thank you for rising up. And I know that we will get you gentlemen back in studio. Thank you, James. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.